If you have your Bibles, guys, I'm going to ask you to turn back with me to 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. And we're going to begin our reading at verse number 8. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to begin our reading at verse number 8. Glory to God. Isn't it super excited to be able to come to the house of the Lord? I don't know about you, but I am super excited. Listen, God is doing some great things. Amen? And we ought to expect some great things to come, amen, through God working in and through the church as we seek to advance the kingdom principles. So we, 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 we're picking back up on our series that we, we're entitled, What Did You Expect? Because as we understand that there are certain things in life that sometimes our expectations are not met or even we don't even put ourselves in a position to expect greater. Amen. But I believe that God desires to utilize us as born again believers to do great things in the earth realm. I believe that God wants to utilize every last one of us in here who named the name of Christ. He wants to utilize us to advance the kingdom principles. Amen. And so we're going to look at again uh, 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 the prophet Elisha, which we started out in the first part of this chapter, and we saw him engage with a poor widow. But in this particular passage that we're going to read today, we're going to see him engage with a prominent woman, a Shunammite woman, who was a woman of means and of wealth. And we're going to see how God does some supernatural things, some great things through the prophet Elisha to make this woman's life more full and, full and complete. So the text says here uh, in first, second Kings chapter number four, verse number eight, if you'll read along with me, it says, one day Elisha went to the town of Shunam. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. The text says this, she said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. I, want, I got news for you guys. If you're walking with God and you're walking under God's anointing, you don't have to tell anybody. If you are truly, amen, exuding godly wisdom and love out of you, then you don't have to go around and say, hey, I'm a Christian. Look at me. Look how much good I do. The anointing, amen, in your life will express itself and it will be shown because this, the text says this. The woman said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's keep reading. Text says this, let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Keep reading. Says one day Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to his upper room to rest. The text says he said to his servant Jehazi, tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. When she appeared, the text says this, Elisha said to Jehazi, tell her we appreciate the kind concern uh, you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Text says in verse 14, later Elisha asked Jehazi, what can we do for her? Uh, Jehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back here. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, watch this, guys. Next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Now watch this. No, my Lord. She said, oh, man of God, don't deceive me. Don't get my hopes up like that. Have you ever, have God ever shown you something 
that, that he wants to do in your life and you, you, you thought it was too good to be true? Has, has God ever revealed something to you? Or maybe a prophetic word was spoken into your life, but, but because of where you were in your faith journey, you thought that can't be real. And that's what's happening here. She says, don't, basically what she's saying, don't play with me, man of God. Don't get my hopes up like that. But watch this. The next verse says, watch, watch this. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. The husband was old. Everybody say he was old. Say Abraham type old. Say before Viagra type old. <laughs> Are y'all with me? All right. She was, he was old and, and, and she was up in age too, guys. And she didn't have a son. Now, you guys who study your Bible know that in, in this culture that, that, they, that the scripture was written in, it was sort of considered to be a, a, a curse for a woman not to have children, and especially if she couldn't have sons to carry on the, the family's name. So here she is. Okay, the text says, be sure, but sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son just as Elisha had and I want to park right there for a second and let's try to unpack some of the things that are happening. Now, again, just by way of review, last week we, we introduced you to this chapter and we, we learned some lessons from the poor widow. Now Elisha is, 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 is confronting and encountering a woman of wealth and a woman of means. But there's some lessons that we learned from the poor widow. I told you on last week, the same five steps taken by that widow should be taken by any believer who finds himself in need. And I've got, I got news for you. If you live long enough, as the old folks say, Lou, just keep on living. If you live long enough, there'll, there'll come a t- point in time in your life where you'll find yourself in need, whether it be physical need or a health need or, or financial need or, or a, a, a need for companionship, you'll find yourself in need. And so these same five steps, I think it will be, it, be good for us to, 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 to kind of mark them down in our mental bank and make sure that whenever we find ourselves in need, this is what we do. First thing is uh, inform a true minister of the gospel and seek his counsel. That's what the poor widow did. She sought out the man of God because her husband, who was, who was one of the, the, the prophets uh, who had died, and now the, the, remember the bill collectors were coming to take her sons to... to, to Enlist them in indentured servitude in order to pay off the debt. So she found the man of God. So find a true minister of the gospel and seek his counsel. The second thing that we learned was seek the help of neighbors uh, humbly asking for assistance. It is okay to ask for help. I want y'all to repeat that after me and say, it is okay to ask for help. Sometimes in America, in this westernized uh, 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 version of Christianity, we feel like it's, you know, we're too prideful to ask somebody for help because after all, I'll do it myself. How many of y'all have been there before? How many of y'all found it difficult to receive from somebody? I'm going to talk about Doyle Adams right quick. Because there's, there's sometimes, guys, when, when people are trying to help us, even we'll say, oh, no, 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 that's okay. When knowing full well that we need the help. So seek the help of neighbors, humbly asking for assistance. It's okay to ask for, for help. If you don't know how to change the tire on your car, call somebody. Hello? It's not a sin to ask for help. If there's a problem that you're facing that you don't quite understand, amen, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. 
So get wise counsel, amen? Don't be afraid to ask for wise counsel. If you're going through a marital problem or issue that, that y'all seem to can't work it out, it's been five years, y'all been dealing with the same problem for five years? Come on, folks, you need some help. Look at the neighbor and say, we need some help. Oh, come on, look at him. Live stream, say, look at your husband and say, we need some help. Look at your wife and say, we need some help because we've been dealing with this thing for 10 years. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. I've been married to Maria uh, uh, Kirk Adams for 35 years. And I can't, I, I can't stand it, guys, when we, when we are at odds, when we have a heated fellowship. I can't stand to, to let a day go by and us not address our issues and put it to bed. I refuse to live in a house with a woman and, and have to be miserable for 35 years. I ain't going to do it. I know that's not grammatically correct, but I'm going to say it again. I ain't going to do it because I don't have to. Because God, amen, gives us the wisdom from his word to deal with every problem that we face. And if, if, we, if we can't seem to handle ourselves, it's okay for us to go and it's okay for you to go seek wise counsel. Can I get a witness? Don't be so prideful and talking about, well, I'm going to keep my business to myself. Baby, let me tell you something. Sometimes your business needs some help. Amen? Third thing we see is give the glory to God and don't point to yourself as being super spiritual or deserving of him. Give the glory to God. That's the third thing we learn. The fourth thing we learn is, is work personally to solve the problem. Listen, whenever you have a problem, faith without works is dead. If you're sitting there and needing some additional a revenue in your household and, and you need to go out and seek employment. Baby, you can't just pray for a job. You got to go out and start looking for one. Can I get a witness? You can sit there and pray all day long. You can speak in other tongues. You can get out and wall on the floor. But, but, but the end of the day is if you don't get up and go put it in an application and put it in your resume, job's not coming. I don't care if you can holler all day long, job coming to me now. That's what I confess. You better go out and go find a job. Hello? Faith Without works is what? Dead. So there's something that we got to do on our part. So, so the, the poor widow was instructed by the man of God to go and do something, go and collect jars, and then begin to pour the oil. The, the oil that she, the little bit she had left began to pour out exponentially and did not stop until the collection of jars stopped. So everybody say faith without works is dead. And the fifth thing we learned was failure to to follow the counsel and advice of the minister and trust God to help meet the, the need. I want to repeat that. Follow the counsel and the advice of the minister, the true man of God, and trust God to help meet the need. One thing I've learned, guys, in my, in my I don't say old age, because I think, I think 57, which I am right now, get ready to be 58 in, in May 17th, I think 58 is the new 35. Come on, can I, can I get it? Can I get two witnesses up in here? When I was 25, I thought 57 was old. Well, baby, 57 ain't old. I'm just hitting the stride of life right now. Can I get a witness? Am I right about that, Bell? Bell, you're not about the same age. I mean, I, we, we're just hitting the stride of life. Don't talk about old. 57 year old can do the same stuff that 25 old can do. <laughs> All right, are y'all with me? So, so, but, but, but again, what I've learned in my old age is that that don't waste time with people who come to seek counsel but then won't do what counsel says. Because you're you really just wasting time. Find, it says, follow the counsel and the advice of the minister and trust God 
to help meet the need. Trust God to help meet the need, all right? So, so uh, and, and and each of these five steps, guys, the, the believer must take the initiative. You got to take the initiative. You got to take initiative. The person following these steps and trusting God will be helped. I promise you, you will be. And, and another special note I want to just kind of park into, your, into here. Be willing, God, it, like the poor widow was, be willing to give God what you have and stop focusing on what you don't have. Amen. I just, I want to throw that in. Throw that in parenthetically. Be willing to give God what you have, your talents, your gifts, your resources, whatever it is you have, be willing to entrust that to God and stop focusing on what you don't have. Amen? God will take what little you have and multiply it and do great things through that thing. Everybody say great things. So let's look at this prominent woman. That was the poor widow. I think it's very uh, telling that, that that in this passage, as we deal with the man of God, Elisha, now we go from a poor widow to a prominent woman, a woman of means, a woman of wealth. As we get to the eighth, the eighth, eighth verse, uh, the text says this. Again, one day Elisha went to the town of Shunem, and a wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he will stop there for something to eat. Amen. For something to eat. Now, guys, let me just give you a little background here. Shunem was about 20 miles northwest of Elisha's hometown. Uh, and it was about 25 miles or so beyond Shunem where Mount Carmel was. And those who study your Bible know that Mount Carmel was the place where Elijah, Elisha's predecessor, had a showdown at Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. And destroyed all of them. Because Elijah was walking with God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Elijah walked with God uh, to such a point that he was just walked with God, he was just translated. Elijah didn't experience physical death like many of us will if the rapture tarries. He was walking with God and then he was no longer. Man, I, 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 would, I would love to be in such a position where, where I could be like that, where I'm so close to God that God just comes and just translates me. I, I, I want to be so close to God like Moses, who was, who was called the friend of God. Moses had conversation with God like a friend, a true friend does. So, so Elijah had showdown uh, at Mount Carmel with the prophet, the false prophets of Baal, and he prevailed because he was walking with God. So oftentimes you will see Elisha leaving his hometown, passing through Shunem on the way to Mount Carmel. Can I get a witness? And so Shunem was, because it was 20 miles from his hometown and 25 miles beyond Shunem was Mount Carmel, it was really the perfect halfway point for stopping because uh, generally speaking, uh, uh, the average travel could cover 15 to 20 miles uh, a, a day uh, by, by way of foot. And this woman would see Elisha coming through Shunem quite often. And she observed and she perceived that he was a man of God. So that, we're going to talk about expecting great things today because we're going to look at this Shunammite widow, not the widow, Shunammite woman, this wealthy woman, and see that we can begin to expect great things in our lives. One of the things I think the church of the Lord Jesus Christ suffers from is low expectations. When we look at the Bible, do you actually see the, the, the men and women who are recording him, recording the scriptures as being just like you? See, the, the Bible lets us know that, that, that nobody in here 
whether it be Moses, whether it be Elijah, whether it be David, Daniel, whoever, they were men and women just like we are. And if God could move and do great things in their life, then we ought to expect great things in our life here in the year 2021. So what is your expectation? See, so, so many times we walk in, a, in, 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 a, in an atmosphere of low expectation, but I believe that God will still do supernatural things in the earth realm today. We quote it all the time. I believe it's Ephesians the third chapter, verse number 20. Y'all check me out when you get home. Make sure I ain't giving you false doctrine. But it talks about the fact that, that God is able to do exceeding, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So that, that tells me that God can far exceed anything that we can imagine in our minds if we'll only trust him. Can I get a witness? So, so uh, the first point I want to look at is this great woman, a great woman. Everybody say a great woman. This unnamed woman here, we just know as the Shunammite woman, uh, was, was great in social standing and in wealth. She was a woman of means. She was probably well thought of in the community. She was, she was also great in perception, guys, for she noticed that Elisha often passed that way on his ministry trip. Okay, it should be Elisha, okay? She also discerned that he was a man of God and she wanted to serve the Lord by serving his prophet. Now watch this. She wanted to serve the Lord by how? Serving the man of God or serving his prophet. Go with me right quick to Hebrews 13, chapter verse number two, because she was exhibiting something that we call, and I share with you this all the time, the ministry of hospitality is very important for us to exhibit as born-again believers. Hospitality is something that we should show and exhibit as born-again believers. Are y'all with me? Ever say hospitality? Say the ministry of hospitality is important for us to exhibit text says this in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, and we're going to look at verse number two, Hebrews 13, verse number two says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Let's read it again. Come on, let's go. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some have done this for some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Now, guys, the ministry of hospitality is very important. And hospitality goes beyond just what we do here in the corporate setting. I think when we think about the ministry of hospitality, it means inviting someone to your home and blessing them with a meal or a place to stay. And that's what this woman did. She observed this man of God frequently coming through Shunem and she, she decided that she wanted to bless them. She wanted to serve God by blessing the man of God. Uh, go with me, if you will, to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. And let's look at verse number nine. 1 Peter, chapter number four, verse number nine. So hospitality is something that we, I think, sometimes have gotten away from in America today. And I, 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 let me say this, guys, because if you're not careful, you'll allow the culture of your particular community to dictate and determine what you do rather than the culture of the word of God and God's spiritual mindset dictating what you do. 
If we have the mind of Christ, then that means we ought to be like Christ. Philippians 2 and 5, I believe, says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? So that means that we ought to be thinking like Christ. We ought to have the mindset of Christ. Doesn't matter where we live in the world, we should not allow the culture to determine how we act. And the sad reality is, guys, is that many of us sitting in our churches today are, are, are more influenced by our ethnicity or by our cultural upbringing than we are by the Holy Scriptures. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot afford to be driven by culture. We got to be driven by the Spirit of God. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And so, so part of part of biblical culture. Part of spiritual culture is to to operate in the ministry of hospitality. Now, this is going to throw some of y'all for a loop. Some of y'all, some of y'all are sitting here right now, listening to me, and you're listening to me via live stream. You don't want anybody to 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 invade on your space. Let, Let me go this out of it. You don't want anybody if you don't want them. In other words, you don't want anybody to invade your space. And you're real picky about people coming by your house. Yeah, I'm talking to you out there. I'm talking to you over here. You're real picky about people coming by your house. And you say, well, Pastor, I'll do it if, 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 they, if, if we got the same value system, if I know them, if I know their date of birth, if I, if I got the social security number, if I know their people, and if I've been around them all my life, yes, I'll invite them in. But guess what, guys? The text says we ought to entertain, be careful to entertain strangers by because by entertaining those strangers, some of us have entertained angels without even knowing it. Hospitality, opening your home, greater intimacy develops as a result of opening your home. I, I, I share with you guys. You know, most of y'all know and heard me talk about the fact that uh, Maria and I and, and, and a couple of members of the church are part of this multi-ethnic Bible study group, and we came together as Christians first and foremost for the purpose of, of, of living out what Scripture teaches us about Jew and Gentile coming together into one body, that's Jesus Christ. Because we understand, and I understand, I told you before and I, I'll say it again, the problems that we are facing in this society will not be solved as it relates to the race issue until the church gets it right. The church has to stop ignoring that it is an issue. Are y'all with me? And so one of, the things that we, one of the things that we discovered in this group is, is, is that intimacy has been developed as we eat at each other's homes, as we have time to sit down and, 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 and fellowship together and begin to talk about the things of God, not from an American perspective, not from a Western civilization uh, viewpoint of Christ Jesus. We want to go to the word of God and let the word of God be our guiding light. Can I get a witness up in here? And one of the things that we discovered is, and we were sharing with a, a, a brother who came over from East Texas, we met with him, and he says, man, that's unusual because people will come and they'll meet at a church, they'll meet you at a restaurant, but how many people will invite you to their home? Uh-huh. And how many of y'all are sitting there thinking, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? The ministry of hospitality is something that should be born out and used as a tool for Christians to engage others who may be non-Christians or who may be Christians who don't look like you or who may be a baby but Christian who needs to be developed and nurtured in their their faith walk. So hospitality. Everybody say hospitality. 
So some of us got to get out, get, get, some of us got to get self out of the way. Some of us have to get self out of the way. Yes, I am talking to you. You got to get self out of the way and let God do what he wants to do through you. We are just vessels that are chosen by God to carry this kingdom agenda, the gospel message to a, to a world who desperately, who desperately needs to see how it works properly. And one of the things that we've, we, we, we begin to build uh, through, this, through this effort, this intentional effort to study God's word together and say, let's do life based on the word of God. And let's, let's be defined by our faith in Christ Jesus more so than being defined by our ethnicity. Listen, your, your family of origin, it means is how you came into this earth realm, but your family of origin cannot be the primary thing that drives your theology. And I'm here to tell you, some churches have, have advocated the, the scriptures for a, a, a theology that's, that's based off of political persuasion. And I'm here to tell you, God, is not, God didn't call the church. Hear me carefully. I'm not saying the church shouldn't be involved, but God did not call the church to change the world through politics. I'm going to say it again. God did not call the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to affect change in the hearts of men through politics because politics can't change a man's heart. You can, you, you can put every law in the book, but a sinful man whose heart is not changed will find a way around that law. Can I get a witness? I tell you, I give this example all the time. All of us in here know what the speed limit says on I-20 between here and Ruston. But I promise you, if I'm a betting man, I would take this bet if I were a betting man. I would bet that 95% of y'all who went, who grow from, from Shreveport to Ruston have went beyond 70 miles per hour. I need to see, come on, this, come on. I need to see some hands out here. Raise your hand if you went past 70 miles per hour. Yeah, yeah. See, see the law couldn't change your heart. Something on the inside of you said, I got to go a little bit faster. And you may get there two, one minute ahead of me. <laughs> it's something inside of us. The law, that's why Jesus Christ came, because the law could not change a man's heart. And listen, I'm not saying you don't need laws, but, but, but see what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is after. It's not just a grudging participation. Jesus wants to change your heart so that you see people the way he sees people. Amen. And it, when you get that, man, I'm, tell you, I'm telling you right now, God is doing something. He's got to wake the church up, and that's what he's doing. He's going to wake, he's going to shake the church up out of his complacency. And I'm here to tell you that I'm, I'm ready to move with God. I'm ready to move with God, and, and wherever God takes us, that's where we're going to go. Can I get a witness? So, so back to hospitality. So part of developing intimacy is, is, is learning how to, to, to open ourselves up to the ministry of hospitality. Watch what the text says here in 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, we'll begin, uh, glory to God, yeah, yes. Uh, let's, uh, let, can we back up just for a little bit, Jay? Uh, go to verse number 7. Let's start at verse number 7. What did you expect? Or what do you expect from God? What, is, what are you expecting God to do in your life? Watch the text now, because I, 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 I want to create a culture in this ministry and whoever's listening to me to where the scripture drives our life. 
and not our cultural upbringing. I'm not saying you don't celebrate your cultural upbringing, but, 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 but again, that can't take precedent over what God's word says. Are y'all tracking with me today? That cannot take precedent over what God's word says. God's word says. Look at what the text says right here. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, what? Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Let's read it out loud on purpose. We're ready to read. The end of the world is coming soon. Guys, if you, if you don't, listen, I'm here to tell you that I believe that we are the generation that will see the coming of the Lord. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Next verse, let's read. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. This is Peter, the apostle Peter writing to, the, to, to, to believers, continue to show deep love for each other. For love does what? <laughs> Covers a multitude of sin. Now, listen, if you're going to be in any healthy relationship with any other human being besides yourself, you're going to have to learn how to walk in love. Because love, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sins. I, I can't tell you the number of times my wife has covered my mess ups and me hers. And I can't tell you the number of times that, 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 that even when we know that people may have done certain things, we don't necessarily come back at people and try to get revenge on people because love covers a multitude of sins. I can know you've been talking about me and still come up and hug you. Hello? And not, be, not have an attitude because I know you've been, you've been having me for lunch. You know, people love to have a dinner, the, the, the preacher for dinner. Y'all know that, right? I don't know why he said that. I don't know why we doing that. It's a, we just ought to just stay where we are. No, no, no. We can't stand still, guys. We got to move with God. I want to be where God's working. Can I get a witness? He, the, 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 the praise team just said, he, even though I can't feel him, he's working. He never stops. God never stops working. And he's trying to transform each one of us into the express image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. So most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. Y'all know this. You experience it with your children, right? How many of y'all have covered your children when they messed up royally? How you didn't throw them away. They, they, they could do some of, some of the, the most dastardly things and you still cover them because you love them. And see, when we love people, we don't throw them away when they mess up. We try to go and pick them up and develop them and help them get to where they need to be. So love covers them up to sin. Now, verse number nine, watch this, guys. Cheerfully. Now, what form of, 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 of the English language is the word cheerfully? It's a what? It's an adverb, and an adverb tells you how to do the verb. Did y'all get that? Adverbs tells you how to do the verb. The verb is what? Share. It says what? Cheerfully share your home. Not grudgingly share your home or not uh, uh, hesitantly share your home, but cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Now, I didn't make that up. It's in the Bible. Can, y'all check, can, can we read in the KJV? Some of y'all say, that's the NLT. I'm a KJV on, let's go to the KJV and see what the KJV says, guys. Listen, I promise you, it's going to say the very same thing. Can we get that to the KJV? And and 
they're going to get there, but I'm going to turn there right quick, okay? First Peter chapter number four, uh, and we're going to begin to look at, uh, glory to God, here we go, here we go, here we go, there we go, there we go. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Use hospitality one to another, one towards another without grudging. So if I, if you have to help me by feeding me, but the whole time that you're feeding me, you're like, mm, Pastor, he ought to be able to feed his own family. I don't know why he come over here and be my meal. Blank, 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 blank. I, and this last time he come back over here. <laughs> keep it. If you're going to do it that way, keep it. The text says, cheerfully share your home. Correct? Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Amen? Can I get a witness? Uh, uh, the uh, Verse 10 uh, uh, of that very same chapter, and I, I'm, I'm flipping back on you, Jay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Look at what it says. God has given each of you. Point to yourself and say, God has given me. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Spiritual gifts were not given for us to build ourselves up. They were given so that we can, God can use us to build others up. Amen? So everyone in here has spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. So this Shunammite woman certainly uh, shows the ministry of hospitality. And, and we're not going to go there, but in Genesis 18, chapter, you'll see where even, uh, I think it was Abram, uh, had an encounter with three men, and one of them was the pre-incarnate Christ. Because Christ didn't, Jesus Christ did, didn't just come into existence in the manger in Bethlehem. He always was and always it will be. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh and what one man. It wasn't anything made that was made without the Word making it. God said, let us make man, the triune God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus always was, but we see him not... It, Coming uh, uh, to, to, to meet Abram uh, in Genesis 18 chapter, and he, he shows he, it's a pre-incarnate Christ coming to face the man that God will use to be the father of the faith. Are y'all tracking with me today? So hospitality is important because Abraham and Sarah, Abram and Sarah showed hospitality at that time to those three men, that, that those, three, those three beings, it came in the form of men, but one was a pre-incarnate Christ. So, guys, uh, this woman here, she, she, was, she was able to, she, she noticed that Elisha passed away, but she, she also discerned that he was a man of God. She had, she had perception. She wanted to serve the Lord by serving his prophet. The Shunammite woman, although wealthy, saw herself as Elisha's handmaid or servant. Now, watch this, guys. Here's the ultimate in humility. She was wealthy, prominent woman, but she saw herself as Elisha's servant or handmaid. Now, go with me, if you will. To 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And let's take a look at something that Paul tells his young protege in the ministry by the name of Timothy. Uh, watch what he says uh, in verse number 17 of 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 6, guys. Watch this now. Text says this Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Guys, let me tell you something. I, I, I use this example all the time. The value of money changes literally 
daily. And if you're trusting money, if you're trusting your stock portfolio, and I, again, guys, we ought to invest our money to make money, but don't trust in it. Use sound wisdom and principles as you invest, but understand this, because God tells us to, to take what he's given us and to multiply it, right? The parable of the talents, y'all remember that, right? One he gave five, one he gave two, and the other he gave one. The one had five and two, went in what? Double the Lord's money. You can't double the Lord's money by putting it in a, in a, in a passbook savings account. That's an old school term. I'm an old banker, a passbook savings account. You know what a savings account is paying nowadays? Maybe a half a percent. 0.25. Oh, that, there we go. Yep, thank you, baby. 0.25%. And you're not going to double your money at 2.25%. So you got to find another way to invest those, those resources that God gave you. So I'm not saying it's wrong to invest, but don't trust in your investments because it can change. I remember when a quarter, come on, Brother Gary Johnson, if he was here, he, he may be listening via, via live stream. Brother Gary Johnson, remember, we were, we were kids. We would, we would be playing up and down the street and we'd get a little change in our pocket and we would take a quarter and go down to the B&B shopping center. Gloria, you remember that, right? To the B&B shopping center and we would go buy a 16-ounce drink, Henry, and a bag of potato chips for one quarter. Now, guess what? That quarter is still here. But guess what? That quarter will not buy you a 16-ounce drink and a bag of potato chips in the day's Environment because there's something that's called inflation that eats up, eats up the value of that money. Can I get a witness? So don't trust money is what I'm saying. Money changes. You may even lose money. But if you lost everything you had right now, could you still trust God? That's what I want to know. It says teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God does not have a problem with Christians walking around in joy. I believe the joy of the Lord should be our strength. So God doesn't have a problem with us enjoying life. So don't be some old fuddy-duddy Christian who walks up in the church all the time looking deep and mean. I got my deep face on today. No, no, no. Let God use your personality bent to reach people. Amen? Their trust should be in God who gives us gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So this Shunammite woman, although wealthy, she, she, she did not consider herself to be less than for serving the prophet of God as she came through. And we get the impression, some, some say maybe her husband lacked his wife's spiritual insight, but, it, but at least he didn't oppose uh, her hospitality to this itinerant preacher who was coming through. Amen. He permitted her to have a permanent prophet's chamber. Can you imagine that right quick? Can you imagine one of y'all deciding that you're going to build a chamber on your house so every time the, the, the evangelist comes through town, he can stay at your house in that, in that room that was dedicated to him. Can you imagine that? Some of y'all would fall out and fight, wouldn't you? That's what she did. She says, I perceive this is a man of God and he comes this way frequently, and he, as he walks that first 20 miles, and he got 25 miles more to go, he has to spend the night, but we're going to build a chamber room so he can stay and have a place to stay. That's what this woman did. So she was a great woman, and her husband, uh, who, who allowed this to happen because he was the leader of the home at this point in time, and so he allowed this to happen. So he, even, even though he may not have been observed and may not have been as spiritually in tune as this woman was, but he didn't fight it. 
And guys, I'm going to tell you something. One, one of the things that really blessed me during our, our 21 day of focus, a time of prayer, is when, when our men stepped up and led us in prayer. Man, I, I'm here to tell you that blessed my heart like, like never before because, I, listen, I'm not a chauvinist, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, and, and statistics will back me up, when a man is saved and is leading his house spiritually, there's a greater percentage of chance that the whole family will be saved and walking with God when the father is there. When the father is leading out, when he's a, he's, he's a, he's a man of God, when he's a, he's a, he's a true God man who's expressing Godly principles, there's something about the leadership of that man in that home that helps the whole family walk in line with God's will. So I, that really blessed me. Uh, but, but many times in the past, you, it's been that the husband sometimes backs off and not necessarily bring the prayer warrior that he needs to be. So I, I, I'm hoping and praying that this, this 21 day of focus was a, was a catapult, was a launching pad for men to lead their families in prayer. So brothers, God is looking for you to lead your families in spiritual things, not just economic things, but spiritual things. So a great woman here. Now we go look, go to verse number 11. Go look at a great gift. A great gift. Got to move it. Got to move. Y'all know the story. Watch what happens here. Verse number 11 says, One day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to, the, to his upper chamber to rest. Now again, uh, he said to his servant Jehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. When she appeared, watch what happened. He says, Tell her we appreciate the kind concern you've shown us. What can we do for you? And he began to mention some things that he maybe thought that she would want, but she said, no, it's well with me. I'm, I'm good. And so go, go to verse, verse, the next verse. Lady Elisha asked Jehazi, what can we do for her? Jehazi cried, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Call her back again. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her, as she stood in the doorway, watch this, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arm. Now, let me say this right quick. Here's how you know that you're dealing with a true prophetic word. It, because this is God, man, talking. Prophecy, uh, listen, I still believe in the prophetic today. And, and God gave these gifts to the church. He gave evangelists, uh, pastor, teachers, prophets, and give me the next one. Evangelists, pastors, teachers, three, prophets, and what? Thank you. Thank you. Don't be scared. Okay. Come on. Apostles, pastors, and teachers, evangelists, and what? Prophets. He gave those for the edifying of the body of Christ, for equipping the church. And I always ask this question because some people theologically think that, okay, the, the apostolic gift is no longer uh, uh, needed or the prophetic gift is no longer needed. My question is this. Why would God give gifts to build the church up to equip the saints and then take part of the gifts away while the church still needs to be built up. If, 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 if we as a body of believers don't understand that God gave these gifts to build the church and that they are still relevant today, I'm not saying everybody calls themselves an apostle is actually one because many, many are using the title, but they're not doing apostolic work. They're not planting churches. Uh, many claim to be a, a prophet, but they're not speaking what thus said the Lord. Prophecy is not about foretelling the, the future. Prophecy is about telling what thus said the Lord. It could be dealing with something in the present. It could be dealing with something in the future. But the prophecy in old days was measured to be true or false based on whether or not what he said came true. And if he gave a prophetic word, 
and it did not come true, they would take him outside the city and do what? Stone him to death. Now, can you imagine that? If you were to say something and say that the Lord said it and it didn't come to pass, then you'd be taken outside and stoned. I think, you, I think a lot of people would stop saying what thus said the Lord, wouldn't you? What, what, you? You got a word from the Lord? No, I ain't got no word. No, Lord. No, 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 no. They would take them outside the city and get big boulders and just crush them with it. But this man shared a word and it came to pass. Watch this. Next year this time, y'all, be holding a song in your arm. And it came to pass, guys. Let me fast forward it. So, so we get a great gift. The prophet, the man of God, uncovers his unspoken desire and he meets that need. Psalms 37, verse 3 through 5, right quick. Let, let, me, let, me, let me park this into your into, into hearing, right quick, because I love this passage, right quick. Psalms 37, and we're going to look at um, verse 3 through 5. Psalms 37, verses 3 through 5. Glory to God. Everybody say, expect great things. Say it again, say, expect great things. Can you allow yourself to expect great things from God? If God did it before, he can do it again. He's the same God, the same yesterday, today, forevermore. If God was a miracle worker back then, he's still a miracle worker today. Watch what it takes. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Watch this. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Next verse says what? Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. I like the way the King James Version reads it. It says, trust in the Lord and... KJ 37 verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good, so, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? The desires of thine heart. Now, guys, if I'm delighting myself in the Lord, that means that my heart will be lined up with his. So that means I'm going to be walking in line with his will for my life. And when I'm walking in line with his will, God's going to perform his will in the earth realm. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Look at this next part. Watch this, watch this. Commit thy way unto the Lord. See, part of delighting in the Lord means that I take pleasure in the things of God. Now, let me just park that just for a second. In, in, in the few minutes I have remaining, how many of y'all really... I mean, really, really get a delight out of your relationship with God. How many of y'all really look forward to spending time with God? Y'all know what it means to delight in something. Come on. Uh, you know, how many of y'all are cowboy fans? And I know it's been a long time since y'all had a chance to delight. <laughs> I just had, I just had. I. But let's go back to your Super Bowl years. You, you, would, you would get a joy out of, Watching the Cowboys, and you would get a joy out of being if you went to the game. And or if you're a Saints fan, you get a you get a joy out of going to see the game. You you delight in that. You know you, you look forward to that with anticipation. Right? I'm a sports fan. I like I like sports. I played college football over at, at one of the greatest universities on this side of heaven, Louisiana Tech. Everybody say amen. I, I, but 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 watch this, guys. Listen, I I, I like sports and I watch it. But you know what? There, there's no greater delight for me 
than to come together and to commune with fellow believers and celebrate and talk about what the Lord God is doing in the lives of believers, how he's transforming lives and getting folks saved. This the other stuff is good, but if you're delighting something, that means that you take pleasure in it. If you come to church grudgingly and like you're just mad, I got to come, that's not delighting. When you delight in the Lord, you look for opportunity to spend time with him. Just like if you delight in that, in that person that you're dating or you delight in that person that you're married, you, you look forward to coming home from work. Mm, glory be to God. You look forward to spending some time with that person when you delight in them. Here's the key. If you don't ever want to spend time with God, if you don't ever want to read his word, if, if coming to church is sort of like a chore to you, then you're not delighting. I don't care what you say with your mouth. You're not delighting because you know what it means to delight. If I put your favorite dessert in front of you and all, all of, everything on the inside of you begins to get excited when you see that peach cobbler, <laughs> if, everything is, if, if everything inside of you like me, when I see a good slow cook, uh, you know, season to the bone rack of baby back ribs in front of me, I can't explain. I, 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 I can't explain. It's so amazing. It's, it's like, man, I'm like, I'm, do y'all know what I'm talking about? That kind of feeling. Do you get that kind of feeling when you interface with God? Man, God woke me up the, uh, the, the other morning about 2 o'clock, and I stayed from 2 to about 5.30, I believe, and just, just start he just started speaking to me and started giving me things as I was studying the scripture and, and just dropping nuggets on me. And man, that experience was so refreshing to hear God talk, to kind of just read scripture and, 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 and watch him just bring something to pass, just, just bring it to your mind's eye and you begin to, to, to embrace it and understand what he's saying. Delighting in the Lord puts us in a position where he'll give us the desires of our heart. Because our hearts will be lined up with him. You can't delight in the Lord and then your heart not be lined up with him. And look at, this, look at the last part. Is watch, this, watch this. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Repeat that with me. Say, say, commit my way unto the Lord. Now, you cannot really truly delight in him and be doing something that's in direct opposition to what his word says. That's not delighting. That's, that's deception. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring what? It to pass. Wow. He should bring it to pass. He should bring it to pass. Now, guys, listen, my time is, is, is ran. I, 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 can I stop here? And, and, and we, we see where the Shunammite woman had the child. But everybody say, let's read the rest of the story. And we're going to read the rest of the story on next week. Because I want to show you the power of God, and I want to show you the power of expectation. I want to show you when a, when a, when a person, whether it's a woman or a man, can believe God and how when you really believe God, how it'll change the way you talk. Even in the midst of death of a loved one, this woman said, it is well. This woman was calling those things which be not as though they already were. So she got a, a blessing because the man of God ended up discerning uh, an unspoken request. 
Isn't that amazing when God knows what you need even before you ask? He tells you to ask, but God in this situation, amen, the man of God's servant said, she don't have a child. Now, this woman never said anything about, uh, you know, when he asked her, what do you want? She never said, I want a child. But, but Jehazi, uh, uh, the, the servant of Elisha, discerned that this was a need for this woman. And because this woman served the man of God, God blessed us with something that was far beyond what she expected. And I'm here to tell you today, God will bless you far beyond your expectation when you learn how to delight in him. We're going to pick up the rest of the story on next week. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you.